Welcome. I am Aaron Giesbrecht, head QB trainer and owner of Big Air Academy, located in Winnipeg, Manitoba, Canada. And you are tuned in to my podcast called Talking QBs with Coach Gies, a podcast dedicated to the Canadian quarterback and offensive football. And today on our 12th episode, we got a trio of brothers, the Niox brothers, Scott, Brandon, and Riley. How are you guys doing tonight? Pretty good. Doing well. Doing well. Awesome. Thanks for being on, guys. I appreciate it. You know, Riley, Brendan, I, I was able to coach you guys. I was fortunate to spend some time with you and, and be your coach for a couple of years. Um, I know you guys quite well, Scott. We just met seconds ago, so I'm kind of <laughs> I'm kind of interested in uh, in your background and and maybe you could talk about just growing up in the family, being the oldest brother, uh, and then what kind of led to playing football. Well, I, I can tell you right now, led, what led me to playing football uh, right off the bat was I, I just wanted a change. I was playing soccer. I was playing a little bit of volleyball. And I a bunch of my friends in school were playing football. They said I, I, I'd i be into it. So I got into it about the seventh grade Okay. and uh, never looked back. Um, as far as growing up in the family... Uh, I mean, we're we've always been a sporty family from from soccer to volleyball to to whatever in the backyard at the cabin. You know, it's we've always kind of been a, a, an athletic family. Dad grew up playing sports. Um, you know, we, we've got we had tickets to the Bombers. We had tickets to the Jets at the time, the Moose growing up after that. Uh, we were season ticket holders for them for a while. So we just sports just kind of flowed through the family forever. And that's kind of how we all ended up the way we are. Okay, fair enough. Well, that's great. And, and Brendan, for you, being the middle brother, you know, did you look up to Scott growing up and, and when he started to excel in sports, did that kind of maybe push you a little bit? Uh, yeah, it definitely did. I, he is one of the more influential people in my sports career. Like, whenever he would do something, it seems like we, I would follow suit. Mm-hmm. And it's almost like for Riley, too, maybe a little bit for him, but whatever scott did i was i was interested in like whenever we we would go to his um his lions games or uh his his crusader days we were like i was into that i was uh, i was super into whatever he was doing so that's kind of what got me into it for sure and for you riley you're the youngest you know was there uh maybe extra pressure on you to be a good ball player after both your brothers are pretty successful uh i wouldn't say there's like extra pressure I mean I knew they were pretty good players and I figured that I you know I kind of excelled in in what I did when like playing the quarterback position I knew I was never gonna I was never as athletic I wasn't as uh, kind of born with that athletic gift like they were mm-hmm. I am so I do like to consider myself still a pretty good athlete but you know they I think they were just born with it and I kind of I don't know. I, I, I had to find new ways to excel at something. So I knew I wasn't going to be like a, a, a receiver or a running back. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, quarterback seemed like an okay spot. I even thought about D-line at one point when I was going into St. Paul's. So, you know, uh, I didn't feel pressure, but I definitely felt like, you know, I had to live up to the name a little, little bit, I guess. Oh, that makes uh, that makes a lot of sense. You know, often you have times you hear about the, the younger brothers kind of you know, being motivated by the older brother. And, you know, that's such an awesome thing to be, you know, you guys, from knowing you guys, uh, you know, over the last few years, I know that you're a tight knit, you know, family. And I'm thinking of uh, kind of a funny, funny situation, actually, uh, in 2018, we just played the Thunder, both Riley and Brennan were playing for me. And, uh, you know, Riley kind of, Riley kind of got, you know, messed around in the game. We, we pulled him out of the game, put him back in, ends up getting hurt. And, uh, you know, the game was just not good. And uh, I remember, you know, whether it was, I think it was the Tuesday in practice the next week, we watched the game film and, you know, kind of went through it. And I remember I, I noticed in the game, I was like, you know, that maybe wasn't the, the best choice uh, just based upon how things went after the fact. But, you know, in the moment as a coach, you know, I think Riley had thrown a pick that I thought was really bad in the moment. And, you know, he got a quick hook. And anyway, so I was kind of already feeling bad about it. And I'm walking to my car after after the meeting and, here comes Brandon walking right up to me, and he's like, uh, yeah, I kind of want to talk to you about uh, that decision that, you know, taking Riley out of the game and putting him back in and whatever. And it was just a, it was just, it was a really funny moment because uh, I, I really appreciate the fact that you had his back and, uh, you know, you guys believe in each other and trust each other, and that speaks to your, uh, your family relationship. I'm interested in your volleyball background. I know that uh, we were just kind of talking about your dad's background. Uh, maybe, Scott, you can talk about that a little bit. 
Yeah, so uh, I think of the three of us, I got into it the most, definitely. Uh, okay. I played at a really high-level club volleyball. I actually won two national championships when I was 14 and 15. Wow. Um, and I played with some of the best players in the country at the, at the time and at the age group. And I, I, I really built into it. It became a big part of my life. I even met... I met my current girlfriend who's living with me right now that's, you know, through the sport. I pretty much owe a lot. I owe a lot. Whatever I don't owe to football in my sports career, I owe to, I owe to volleyball. Uh, so much so that I started coaching um, Windman Volleyball Club uh, when I was about 20 years old okay. in my football off seasons. Um, and I did that for all the way up uh, six years I did that. So right up, uh, right up until I started coaching with the Bisons, um, I was doing it. Actually. Okay. Riley, Brendan, what, what is it about volleyball, maybe the transfers to the game of football, you think? Um, I always thought, for me personally, it was always the jumping. It was, mm-hmm. the, it was the aerial skills. Yeah. Being able to connect with the ball, um, spiking the ball down, and like being able to connect with it, hand-eye, everything like that. And definitely my legs were, uh, my legs were a little better than the average guy. So mm-hmm. I, I was... Um, I always felt good because uh, my coach Brian Doby would always say his his daughter would always play <laughs> volleyball. He always mentions that you know every all the time. Like my daughter plays volleyball, it translates to the game really well. And I yeah. always felt kind of like a back of my mind. I was always like, yeah, that that's me. So, <laughs> how about you, Riley? What do you think? Um, I'm not much of a jumper. Mm-hmm. I, I know everyone here probably knows that I can't jump very high. I got to. <laughs> As Brendan says, I have a credit card vertical, but um, I always found that, you know, the defense, you know, reading, reading the other side of the, the ball, you know, um, you know, kind of trying to be the more heady stuff about it. I was more into, and I think it translates to the sense that, you know, you're always reading and reacting when you're playing quarterback. And, and uh, I think when it came down to it, you know, there were probably a couple of skills where, you know, the the odd little tick or flinch in a, in another team I kind of noticed and I was able to you know pick up a ball on defense or something when I was playing volleyball and now you know it kind of translates to you know there's a little thing in film that I notice about a linebacker that I I hope to exploit mm-hmm. in the future uh, wh- wh- whatever you're doing right so I I really think you know the heady part the defense the setting up offense stuff like that I think that's really kind of what translated to my quarterbacking game oh that's awesome guys I, I like both both points you know like brendan talking about his athleticism and just how that uh, connects with the game you're talking about the mental components i think when we play other sports we learn life lessons like obviously playing other sports makes you just a better athlete overall but i think there's so much in terms of playing other games other sports being in other uh situations where maybe you're not like you know you're playing volleyball you're not the quarterback of the team right so your role is a little bit different and uh, you kind of you kind of can mature and, and learn from those experiences. So I think that's that's some great insight. Back at it for the second quarter with Coach Gies and the Nyox brothers. So Scott, I'm interested in your football story. Can you uh, can you tell my audience about your playing and coaching career? So yeah, so, like I said before, I started it uh, when I was in the seventh grade. Uh, I just got into it basically just you know through friends friends in school uh convincing me to play i played port gary lions for three or four years i played through to uh grade 10 had to choose basically between volleyball and football playing for st paul's the first two years i decided to play volleyball okay uh, and then going into the last two years i uh, i made the triple a team and i was I, that's it i was i was away into football so um, I played St. Paul's for another two years, or those for those two years, my grade 11 and 12 seasons. Um, I unfortunately, unlike the other two, didn't get the St. Paul's success of, <laughs> as yeah. a player. Um, but then after that, I decided uh, to go to the Bisons. I was at the Bisons for two years. Okay. Um, uh, and then I decided to shift to the Rifles. I played with the Rifles for uh, three years. Um tearing my ACL twice, wow. uh, which kind of led into the decision to, to quit afterwards. But uh, I basically, I, I was on my way to the UFC um, after my fifth year at the Rifles until in the middle of June, I get a call from my doctor with the news that I tore one for the second time and couldn't play. So oh, I decided great. to call it a career after that. I figured two ACL rehabs 
was too much for me to <laughs> go through it. Um, but then I became a full-time coach at St. Paul's uh, mm-hmm. right after that. Uh, so yeah, I, I coached full-time with St. Paul at St. Paul's for the next uh, four years. Mm-hmm. Um, and then after that, I became a, a coach of the Bison. So. Excellent. And that's where I am today. Right. And how about for you guys, Brennan and Riley? I know you, you uh, grew up playing for the 4K lines as well as youngsters. Uh, Brennan, what was that experience like? What do, you, what do you remember about those days? That seems like such a long time ago now. But uh, I have lifelong friends from, from Fort Gary. Two of my best friends right now that I hang out with a lot mm-hmm. um, used to play with me from when I was eight years old to up to when I went to uh, one of them with, was with me for high school. One of them was at Vincent Massey for okay. a while. But um, you get lifelong friends, and that's where I learned the game, you know. And, mm-hmm. and I was playing running back back then. That was, uh, I figured when as I was much. One of those, I, was that, I was that kid that was yeah. the fastest on the field. So I was thinking that. <laughs> yeah, so I, I was that kid. I was, the, I was the, um, the one that would kind of just take the pitch and kind of just take off and yeah. score a whole bunch of touchdowns. So it was a good time for me. Yeah, that would have been fun. Yeah. How about you, Riley? Oh, God. I had that wildly different experience. <laughs> uh, I, I did make quite a bit of friends. You know, I knew quite a bit of people growing up. Uh, they all went to the to Massey. You know, I was kind of a loner when I went to St. Paul's. But, uh, you know, I wasn't the kid that they pitched to and ran down the field. I played every position. You know, I was just the biggest kid on the field. Like, I was, like, just a couple inches taller and maybe just a little bit heavier than the, the next kid on the on the list. And, you know, I, I, I played anything from O-line to D-line to uh, I. one of my fondest memories is playing fullback and having a toss design for me. That was pretty cool. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I started I started playing quarterback. Uh, I think it was my second year of Adam when I said I was kind of fed up with uh, – I was fed up with playing every position, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to be a quarterback, and I just wanted to try it. And um, one, one of the stories my dad actually tells about it all the time is the first time I ever uh, got my starting quarterback job, the coach just kind of told us to walk out to the 20-yard line and, and try to just hit the crossbar. Okay. So we walked out, and five kids walked out, and I was one of them, and, and uh, I almost didn't go. And then I, I threw it and dinged the crossbar easy. It backed me up five yards. I did it again, and then five more yards, and I did it again, and the rest is history. You know, I've been a quarterback ever since, and, you know, I, I think I can attribute a lot of that to my dad, actually, just for forcing me to kind of go when I when I didn't want to, to, mm-hmm. to go at least try to try to be one. So, yeah, That's awesome. Sometimes we just need that push, right? So, Brennan, you then go to high school at St. Paul's. Uh what was that like? Did you, like, I know there's multiple teams at St. Paul's. Did you play JV, AA, AAA through that time? I actually was the very, on the very first JV team at St. Paul's. I okay. was um, right all the way up um, to grade 12. I went, I did uh, AA in grade 10 and then AAA for two years okay. at the end. So I, and then winning two championships and that was really awesome and, like yeah. with the players I was playing with then, that was that was uh, one of the better teams I've ever been on. So, yeah, that's pretty awesome. And you had two different quarterbacks for those years. Who were they? The grade eleven year was Jamie Ibarra, and the second one in grade twelve was Xander Chesinski. And uh, yeah. Xander's a really really good friend of mine, and the chemistry we had there was really really cool. And that's what basically got me to the rifles, and the the amount of uh, kind of love he gave me, like the the odd kind of. Uh, in the huddle telling him to kind of tail the open on this play or, or like that yeah. kind of thing. So no, he, was, he was an exceptional quarterback in this grade 12 year. I remember I was coaching at Vincent Massey playing you guys and he was, he was a very like fundamentally sound quarterback. So I remember when he switched to playing receiver, you know, obviously that was, you know, showing to be a good choice for him, but uh, I was a little disappointed because he was a pretty studly quarterback. So that's yeah. pretty cool. Um, how about you, Riley? You uh, you also then go to St. Paul's afterwards, and uh, what was your you know story like there? I know you won a, a championship your grade twelve year. That must have been pretty exciting. Yeah, uh, my story is actually like the most probably one of the more hated stories of a St. Paul's kid's career because I went to a championship every single year. I was I was in the school. I, I in, wow. in JV when I was in grade nine. I, I went and uh, we lost. Uh, uh, just I think it was by a touchdown or something, and then uh, in my second grade ten year, I was uh, I was on the double A team and we won 
we won the varsity double a championship that year and then the okay. year after that i was uh and I stepped in and I, I got to start for for the most of that year and took them to the championship and we ended up losing there and and uh, in my grade 12 year I was with all my best friends that you know I was growing up kind of through with uh, through the four years at St. Paul's and and I think it all just came together and we we finally got to win a championship at, at the highest level in, in high school so that was that was pretty special um, I yeah but I, I was pretty lucky to to go to a championship all four years and at least come out with two. So, yeah, that's an awesome you know career to have at your high school. And then Scott, you uh, you mentioned that you you know you had coached before at St. Paul's through that time as well. You were part of that staff uh, on the Riley won with. You know what was that like to to win that championship, but also win with your brother? Winning the championship was pretty special for me because it was uh, <laughs> the first one for me. It made it even more special being able to do it with your brother. Yeah. I was pretty heavily involved with the offense too, you know, receiver coach, but the ROC was Eugene Pacheco at the time. And he, uh, you know, he, he took a lot of feedback. He was very, he was very much uh, accepting of a lot of, you know, ideas that the rest of the staff was po- willing to put forward. And so a lot of the passing game, him and I actually, you know, developed together. And so I, it, it made me a little bit more part of, um, it, it brought me a little bit closer to Riley as a player, even though yeah. I was a receiver coach and he's a quarterback. Right. Um, even though we didn't have necessarily, you know, direct contact every single day, you know, for hours upon hours a day, we still had that 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 connection. So I like to think that some of what he learned he he, he got from me, but I won't take a lot of credit for it. Yeah, talking back to coaches on the sideline, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's too funny. And how about like provincial team? Did you all of you play provincial team? <laughs> I loved yeah. my experience with the provincial team. I had a really great time when I was a player. And then again, I, I mean, I did it uh, the, for the last Canada Cup that they had. I did it. I was a coach. So okay. um, both my, my two seasons with the provincial team have actually been really positive. <laughs> Unlike the other two. Well, hopefully yeah. you're, you're balancing it out a little bit. That's great. <laughs> And then, uh, you know, all of you have played for the Winnipeg Rifles, you know, fairly extensive careers. You know, what is, what is it about playing junior locally for Winnipeg that, uh, you know, that all of you as a family have, have you know, been part of that program? Um, I think for, for me, a lot of it, uh, I think part of it had to do with just the position. You know, you kind of grow up you, uh, playing quarterback and being Canadian and, you know, you dream of being in the CFL and stuff like that, but as you kind of grow up and, and, and age and mature, you kind of realize that, you know, maybe that's a tougher dream to get. And mm-hmm. um, I think a lot of it for me had to do with, you know, you get two extra years at, at, at the junior level, you know, you're kind of red shirting in a, in a way and still getting experience. So uh, that played a big role. So I could extend my career a little bit, but also, you know, um, you know, my brothers went there and I feel like, you know, maybe I wasn't really ready to, to step into the shoes of like a U sports quarterback right out of high school. And I just think I learned so much from, from you. And I think I'm a, a lot better of a player now than I probably would have been at this point if I, if I went to a, a U sports school or, or something like that. I think that's really important that, you know, that you hit on the, the two years, right? The extra two years out of high school. Cause I think that you know, that's still something that I don't think a lot of players are aware of. You know, obviously the dream is to play university. I get that. But, you know, so few, and you guys know, you know, being where you're at and how old you are and, you know, going through the process. But uh, there's so few guys that can come right out of high school and be a difference maker at that level, even to be just a special teams player, right? So um, I really like that you had some insight, obviously, with your brothers already playing for the Rifles. You're aware of the program and, and... but that's uh, that's really important to talk about, and just the ability to develop for those couple of years, and then you know, like you said, extend your career. We only get so many years we can play the game. You know, I would, you know, if I could go back and do it again, I'd want to play as long as I can, right? So, uh, I, I really like that. Uh, how about you, Brendan? What, what was it about playing for the Rifles that uh, you you played your full five years? I had a big influence from Scott again. Like he okay. he, um, I actually played with a couple of guys that Scott played with. And they were a big influence on me. Like guy, I like Kurt Goodrich was a big one. Mm-hmm. Kurt Goodrich was definitely a big influence on me. And and uh, like Riley said, it was the, it's the developmental side of it. I uh, I always tried to tell my friends that were playing football. Still, I was like, 
I really wanted to play the game. I, I, I'm not in this to play, to practice for years and years and not play. Mm-hmm. I was in, I was in it to play games on it, and I was in it to 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 get catches, score touchdowns, that kind of thing. And the the couple of years I had there, uh, again, I met so many people. I met so many people that I'll never forget, and coaches I'll never forget. And them giving my opportunity for the bomber camp was like a, a big thing as well. So. Yeah, absolutely. We're going to get into that in a second. But Scott, how about you? Like you said, you went to the Bisons out of high school for a couple of years. I did the same thing. And then, uh, you know, then you ended up playing for the Rifles for three seasons. So, you know, uh, did you think about other opportunities? Or did you ever think about maybe going to play out in BC for junior or leaving the province? No, it really wasn't. A, it, I, it wasn't a question of leaving the province, really. I mean, I, when I was at the Bisons after my second year, I was still, you know, you're on that cusp of playing time. I mean, I got into, I got into, I was in, I was dressing for home games. I was playing in home games, you know, and okay. like I had a, few, a couple catches here and there in my second year, right? Mm-hmm. Um but I just wasn't, you know, I, at the time you're still playing with the, the age rules were still like, there were guys grandfathered into the eight, old age rule. Yeah. And so I was playing with, I mean, I, I was playing with a 30 year old at one mm-hmm. point, you know, like it was as an 18, 19 year old kid, you're playing with, you know, 28, 29, 30 year olds. It's you're physically just behind. There's right. just not much that you can do about that. So I go from the bisons to the rifles at that time, just, and it was all pretty much for the same, for the same reasons. And mm-hmm. I mean, it, it was, it represented a, a a chance, like like the other two said, to to get some playing time and develop a little bit further, you know, so that you could make your next decision after you were done. Um, and I, you know, I I cherished my time there. I, I I met a lot of great guys and a lot of great coaches who had a, a big influence on me. Um, and the whole the whole situation at the rifles was just it, it was nothing but positive for me when i was going through it so yeah it was i can't say enough about about my experience there you know and what's really cool about that is that uh you know in my day there i was at the bisons and there wasn't anywhere to go uh we didn't have junior here so the fact that the rifles are here uh you know uh, i'm a, an original rifle i consider myself an og rifle from back in 2002 and <laughs> I know you guys are OG rifles as well, so you know I uh, I can appreciate that and the loyalty to the program. Uh, Brendan, I just want to finish off the second quarter here and talk about your experience attending bomber camp and, and playing in a pro game. What was that like? That was the best. The pro game was the best day of my entire life. It was the coolest thing because as as fans of the bombers first of all mm-hmm. me scott and riley have all gone to countless bomber games we've been like section U, like that was our section we 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 sat there in canada in stadium for a long time and then now it's on, now we're in um what 105 i think i think it is yeah um yeah and we and we sit there for every game and we just were such big fans and we and being able to run, I remember running out on the field. I remember that day because we um, they were, we were playing Edmonton, and um, my former high school teammate Alex Taylor's on that right. on, on Edmonton, mm-hmm. and I had gone out for warmups, and he had came and he's like, "Are you excited?" I'm like, "I am absolutely floored. Like this is the coolest thing I've ever done in my life." And I remember um, because there's smoke before every entrance, uh, we ran out, and the smoke kind of blowed my face. And it almost knocked me off my feet because I was just so I was trembling because there was like there were so many people and just so many things that were going on at the same time. And but uh, the pro camp was the takeaways of that was the speed of the game and the preparation you really have to put in to um, even like even down to the receiver, down to the running back, down to everybody on the team. You have to put in a, a crazy amount of preparation and. They have everything ready for you. They got all the film, and I was watching even like one little one on ones that I was doing, and okay. just tiny things that that um, that can prepare you for a game. That was basically the biggest takeaway. Yeah, I'm sure it's definitely a little bit more intense in terms of the uh, what you need to know and, and how much work you got to put in at that level. But uh, yeah. you know, when you're talking about you know running through the tunnel with the smoke there, I was getting shivers thinking about that. So that that had to be pretty awesome to to experience that. So that's very very cool.
back at it for the third quarter with the Nyox brothers. So guys, NFL season's over. It's been a couple weeks now. Riley's the only one happy here. Uh, you know, my Steelers had an, an awesome start to the season. We were 11-0. We were on fire. You know, I, I was believing the hype. And uh, then everything fell apart, you know. And, and now we're in the offseason and they're talking about, you know, are they going to bring Big Ben back or are they going to re-sign him or restructure his deal? I don't know what's going to happen. You know, we've signed Dwayne Haskins. I like him from the neck down, but uh, I, I don't know. I, I don't know. You know, Brendan, you being a Dolphins fan, you know, what were your thoughts on the season? And, uh, you know, especially Tua. Do you think Tua is the guy moving forward? I've been mulling that over for a while. But um, thoughts on the season, they mm-hmm. definitely overachieved, I think. Yeah. I think they're all, like Brian Flores is just such a great coach. Mm-hmm. And he's just uh, coming from the Patriots. You can definitely tell that he's a Patriots guy. and the way the defense kind of runs and and uh, whatnot. But I thought the season was pretty good as a whole. I just wish that they didn't kind of uh, play terrible against the Bills in that last week to not yeah. make the playoffs. But, uh, but I don't know. It's how it goes. But um, Tua, I think, is the guy. I think he can um, – I think he can get there. I think he can develop into a better quarterback. People always forget about Josh Allen's first season and how mm-hmm. how terrible he was, and and I, I like to compare him to uh, Tua. So I I really really hope he's good because he's such a nice guy and he's such he's such like a such a Drew Brees type guy, um, definitely more of a finesse guy. So mm-hmm. I hope he's really good. I hope they uh, build him uh, some pieces around the draft this year and let's see where it goes. Hopefully, get that Allen Robinson free agent. Yeah, and I mean, like, the transition to play in the NFL is not exactly easy, right? So, I mean, it's not like the guy was out there being a bum. He, he's still showing a lot of talent. He's super highly touted. From a lot of the coaches that have spent time around him, they say he's so smart and just very instinctual. Oh, yeah. and so, uh, I, I think you got a bright future with him. Hopefully, you guys uh, don't make a move for Deshaun Watson or somebody else, but... Uh, you know, maybe that would be mortgaging the future, so yeah. I don't want any of that. Yeah, I don't, I don't think you need that either. Uh, Scott, you're a Pats fan. You know, it was a down year for the Pats. You had Brady. You, you don't have Brady. Now you got Cam. What, uh, what were your thoughts on the season overall with Cam Newton? And, you know, maybe what do you think they're going to do for 2021? Well, I will say, you know what, I watched just because of the, you know, the situation this year. And, you know, we didn't have football, so it's not like I was busy on the weekends or anything like that. And Yeah. I watched more Patriots football this year than I think I have in my entire fandom. And of course I got to pick the year where they weren't great. Yeah. (laughs) Weren't that exciting. I'll say, Mm -hmm. um, they had the most opt outs in the entire league. That's true. Right. That hurt. Right. That hurt them a lot. They did not have a single receiver to throw to. Mm -hmm. Um, and you know, Cam, they, they forced Cam into a position that I don't think he excels at. You know, they made him play like a very traditional drop-back quarterback mm-hmm. halfway through the year. Right. You know, they were using him how he, he he's supposed to be used in the first little bit, and then he got his COVID streak, Yeah, and then they kind of just cut it off. Mm-hmm. They didn't let him throw from the gun. They didn't spread. They didn't run any spread. They didn't run any... You know, there wasn't a lot of read option. There wasn't a lot of zone read. There wasn't a lot of um, you know RPO action going on, which I think are things that he needs to succeed. Yeah, so I, I think he didn't get I don't know he didn't get a proper run at it in my opinion. I think if if they were to do it if if he came back because I know that's something that they're talking about right now. Yeah, if he came back, it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. Um, I mean it's it's kind of a neutral move. I think they got it. You got to get him a weapon, at least one, mm-hmm. whether it's a tight end or a receiver. Right, somewhat. Brendan talked about Allen Robinson. I mean, I'd love to see him in a Patriots jersey. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Past that, I'm not hitting the panic button yet. I don't think they're out of contention for anything. Even if they get, you know, a bridge quarterback like a Ryan Fitzpatrick, they steal, or or if they, you know, end up drafting a guy like Mac Jones, yeah, I think he might be a good fit there. Um, sure. Especially because of his, you know, Bill's relationship with Nick Saban. Mm-hmm. Um, Right, there's a clear connection there. I, they're still in contention. I'm still a believer. They'll be all right next year. Yeah, no, I'm I'm pretty convinced they'll probably bounce back. You know, probably the greatest coach ever. They have a down year. 
they tried to make it work with what they had, and, and like you said, offensively, they were just they just didn't have a lot of talent. And I know they didn't have a lot of talent the year before with Brady, and it seemed worse this past year. So uh, at times, I, I definitely felt for Cam. Um, how about you, Riley? You're the only one smiling again. You know, your team wins the Super Bowl. Uh, you go from, you know, Jameis to Brady. What, what were your thoughts on the season, and, and do you think that they can repeat next year? Um. Through the, through the first little bit, I was kind of crapping my pants, to be completely honest, because I, I was just, you know, part of it definitely had to do with the fact that, you know, um, Brady just hadn't been around these guys, and it was his first time kind of meeting them, and, and he was building chemistry still, and, you know, he couldn't really get, like, his chemistry with Gronk going, because Gronk was kind of just coming back into the fold of football again, so... You know, for the first bit of the season, I was kind of like, oh, crap, like I'm going to be sitting on the outside of the playoffs looking in again, and I'm going to hate my life because I have, I've never, since I really became like a big fan in 2010, I've never seen them in the playoffs. So, mm-hmm. but then it's kind of the season went forward and they, they lost by three to the Chiefs. I, I just kind of felt like they were going to be something special coming out of the bye week and they hadn't, they didn't lose after right. that, right? So, pretty cool seeing kind of my first bucks like bucks playoff run go for a super bowl and and for them to win it all it's really like something special to me like i i definitely went crazy when they won that super bowl so um uh that's whether or not they can do it next year i mean they got guys wanting to take pay cuts so they can Mm -hmm. stay and i think some vets want to come to tampa bay so i think there's a very very high chance that you know uh uh, they they could go back next year and, and repeat, especially with like I think their coaching staff and their organization in general just kind of like treats treats the players a little bit like how they want to be treated, not like they're they're you know these objects that they're just tossing around, right? So right. you know I think a lot of guys want to be in Tampa Bay because of Tom Brady, but I also think there's a lot of guys that probably want to be in Tampa Bay because of Bruce Arians and and you know what like guys like Chris Godwin and Mike Evans say about uh, the organization before Brady too so for me it, you know you can see that uh, they're having a lot of fun there right like just the atmosphere and, and from what you said from what the guys were saying that uh, you know it's uh, it's been a it's been a good story for them this past year all right guys so now we're going to get into the fun part of the day we're playing a game called are you a real fan okay some NFL trivia I've uh, catered these questions to your NFL teams Okay, so Brennan, you'll be getting Dolphins questions. Riley, you'll get Bucks. Scott, you'll get Patriots questions. Uh, there's four rounds. Each round will get progressively harder. Uh, and you got about five seconds to answer your question. If you don't answer, somebody else can steal. Okay, so collective points at the end is the winner. You guys good with that? Oh, yeah. All right. Bring it on. All right, here we go. Let's get her started. Okay, Scott, you're up first for the first round. All right, Scott, name the two quarterbacks that played for the Pats in 2016 when Brady was suspended for Deflategate. The two quarterbacks that replaced him? Yeah, that played those first four weeks. There was two guys. Jimmy Garoppolo and Jacoby Brissett. That is correct. One point for you. Good job. All right, Brandon, you're up. Okay. This receiver turned quarterback was drafted in 2012. And he has revitalized his career with an AFC South team. Name that quarterback. Oh, wow. Uh, um, <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, Seriously? That's about five seconds. Anybody guys feel yeah, that? Could, I, wow. It's my boy Ryan Tannehill. There we go. Riley's got it. Ryan Tannehill. That's all right. It's all right. You got time. No worries. Here we go. Here we go. <laughs> Okay, Riley, you're up. Okay, what former Mizzou stud quarterback and first-round draft pick is Tom Brady's current backup? Uh, that's Blaine Gabbert, man. That is correct, Blaine Gabbert. <laughs> All right, Riley, you got two points, Scott. You got one. All right, you guys good? We're going to the second round here. We're going to get a little harder, okay? Okay, Scott, you're up. Uh, what Patriots backup defensive back picked off Russell Wilson in Super Bowl Forty-Nine to win the game? That would be Malcolm Butler. Good work. That is correct. You guys are on the ball. All right, Brennan. This dynamic Dolphins receiver was traded to the Cleveland Browns in 2018. Jarvis Landry. 
That is correct. Brandon's on the board. Here we go. There we go. All right, Riley. Okay. Six foot seven. Jacksonville Jaguars journeyman quarterback. He's kind of a goofy looking guy. Was drafted by your team in 2013. Name that quarterback. Oh, God. <laughs> um, see, oh, Mike Glennon. That is correct. <laughs> Good work, Riley. Mike Glennon. Yeah. Oh, man, I was ready to steal that. You were on that, eh? I was primed. There we go. Okay, so what's the score? Riley, you got three. Okay, and Scott, you got two. And Brendan, you got one. Okay. Okay, third round here. Okay, Scott, former Patriots quarterback, current 49ers quarterback, Jimmy Garoppolo, along with Tony Romo and Saints head coach, Sean Payton, all attended what college? Eastern Illinois. Wow, you guys are on it. Eastern <laughs> Illinois, that's right. Good work, good work. Okay. All right, Brennan, you're up. This Arizona Cardinal quarterback was traded on draft day of 2019 for a second and a fifth round draft pick to your Dolphins. Name that Josh quarterback. Rosen. Josh Rosen. He's got Josh it. Now he's Rosen. you're back on now, right? Got, <laughs> there we go. Okay. That was, that that was just the warm up. Okay, okay. Riley, okay. Here we go. We got okay, here I like this question. Former Bucks QB, Jameis Winston, was known to have some off field issues in college. What was he accused of stealing? Crab legs. Crab legs. You got it. Good work. Good work, Riley. Oh, you guys are awesome. Okay, fourth round. What's hold on? What's the score here? I think I have four. Yeah, you're on fire, Brennan. You got two. Yeah. And Scott, you got three. Yeah. All right. So okay, we're still we're all still in. Okay, here we go. Fourth round. Okay, Scott. Can you name coordinators under Bill Belichick from 2014 to present? that have became head coaches elsewhere. Now, hold on. There's some other coaches that happen to do this kind of previous to 2010. So this is this is 2014 forward, if yeah. that helps. So this is just coordinators? Just, just coordinators. OD coordinators? OD, and maybe a special teams coordinator. <laughs> well, there's Bill, Bill O'Brien. Yeah. There's Matt Patricia. Yeah. Uh... There is. Oh no, what's his name? What's his name from New York? Oh shoot! I think that's about five seconds. Damn it! Okay, all right. Who's got it? Who's stealing? I, I don't know. Joe Judge. Yeah. Damn it. So, Brandon, here we go. Your question. Which NFL diva receiver was signed and then released during training camp due to a domestic disturbance in 2012? Chad Ochocinco. That is correct. That was on Hard Knocks. Yeah. I remember that. It was. I remember, <laughs> I remember watching the episode uh, where he got cut. And yeah. Where, where he was in the office with Joe Philbin. Right. That was, that was funny. That was funny. <laughs> All right, Riley, last question of the game. Here we go. Uh, name the three Bucks players to score TDs in this past Super Bowl. Antonio Brown, Leonard Fournette, and Rob Gronkowski. That is correct. Good work. All right, I guys. remember because all three of them weren't on the team last year. <laughs> yeah, they're all Brady's guys. That was great. Awesome job, guys. That was tons of fun. Back at it for the fourth quarter with Coach Gies and the Nyox brothers. So, Scott, you mentioned earlier that you're coaching receivers at the Manitoba Bisons. Uh, maybe you can speak on that, your experience coaching under Coach Doby and Vaughn Mitchell, and uh, maybe uh, talk about some of the skilled receivers you have in the program. It's been quite the experience uh, moving from from St. Paul's to, to the Bisons. Um, you know, Coach Doby's a legend. Right, like the, the 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 guy is is a really really good motivator of players. I'll say, like he he is he really does get all the players on his side on the team, and I think you know it's it's something that um, I didn't see as much as a player. I don't think, 
Mm-hmm. Um, but I think I was kind of, you know, I just shut my eyes off to it. I was just kind of playing football. But mm-hmm. as a coach, you really appreciate the way that he he really does connect with with players a lot more than than you, know, you might think a, a university head coach would. I mean, he has a pretty good relationship with the players, and I mean, it's, for for those who have who have met him and who know him, you know, he's like the nicest human being on the planet. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, the funniest thing is when he gets on the sideline. Um, he is not the nicest human being on the planet. He has some outbursts that mm-hmm. would just turn your head because they are just, they're so out of nowhere sometimes. And it is just, it's, it's pretty, it's pretty entertaining to see and then <laughs> to reflect on after in the coach's room with him mm-hmm. where he just kind of goes, Oof, I, I, I lost my head there a little bit. Hey, <laughs> yeah. Okay. Coach. Yeah. A little bit. Um, so he, it's, it's been, it's been a really, really, uh, uh, fun experience coming from coming to the Bisons for with Coach Doby. Um and Coach Vaughn is. I guess, if I can say one thing about Coach Vaughn, it mm-hmm. is that he is one of the most meticulously organized human beings that I've ever met in my entire life. He is. He eats, sleeps, breathes football, um, and knows every single detail that you would ever need to know. The scouting reports that that guy gives out are are ridiculously detailed points of data that that are just you know the the time that he puts in to his work and his craft every single day mm-hmm. it is is mind-blowing and it really shows you what it takes to be like to become a successful coordinator and for, for a long time i mean he's been doing it for a long time right, right. um and so he, it's just it's it opens your eyes to how things need to be done to become you know that kind of a play caller and that kind of a a coach in in that league. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's it's been it's been a really really uh, eye opening experience. Um, and as for some of the receivers that we have, um, I mean, I was lucky enough. Now, just <laughs> I don't know how how much credit I would actually take for it, but uh, you know, we got I, to have a guy like Macho Bakru into the CFL. Mm-hmm. Cool experience to say that I, you know, that I coached a guy that, that did it for sure. again only for a year. And, you know, he was a very, very polished guy already before I got there. So I'm not, mm-hmm. it's not like I'm going to sit here and take any credit for what he did. But, um, you know, there's other there's other players on the team now that um, are really exciting that, that they're around. Um, we have veterans uh, like Brendan, you know, be, mm-hmm. being lucky enough to coach my brother is a unique experience. Yeah. Like at this high a level For sure. is uh, really, really difficult at times, but it's <laughs> ultimately, ultimately fun. Um, you know, we got other veterans, you know, the, we got uh, Riley Harrison, um, always a, always a uh, reliable guy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, Colby Kylick is a guy that's been around for, for a while. It's a really good leader on the team. Abdul Kasama, um, another really, really explosive player that yeah. just this past year has actually taken, because uh, we did have a little bit of a training camp practice time during this COVID period. And mm-hmm. uh, he's really shown, he's stepped up and shown a lot of leadership. Okay. Um, so not only is he bringing the athleticism and playmaking ability to the table, he's actually really, really stepped up as a leader on the team. Um, and then, you know, we, uh, what really, really opened my eyes this, this past, uh, season, um, we got a lot of really good second and first year guys okay. that in a few years are going to be just, just special <laughs> players. Um, and great insight on the program and working with coach Doby and, and coach Mitchell. Um, Brendan, how about you? What's, uh, what are you working towards in terms of your training right now for the upcoming season? What's uh, what's on your mind for football in the future? It's well because I've kind of gotten on the older side of uh, of kind of college football, and because mm-hmm. of um, because of COVID, I, I uh, it's been more time to myself and kind of more time at home and working out at home. So it's been a lot of stretching, okay. and I uh, I actually pulled my hammy early in the year last year. So I, I I've continuing to try to strengthen that, like continue to stretch it. Like it's more about and I, I want to lose a little bit of weight too, so there, there's that. And okay. I think we got a good. I think we got a pretty good shot. Like we got a pretty solid quarterback in Des Catelier, mm-hmm. uh, and um, we got a couple guys coming back, and uh, a couple of, like running backs coming back, and uh, new signees on O line. So 
I think on offense, I think we'll, we'll be uh, pretty fun to watch. I think we can um, we can turn some heads. I think we can get a couple of wins and maybe sneak into the playoffs or get a nice playoff spot. Yeah, it seems like you guys are really developing, you know, within the program. And you're, you've got a lot of, you know, high-level players and, you know, things are definitely on the rise. So that, that's awesome to hear about. Uh, and how about you, Riley? Have you uh, have you made a decision towards what you're planning to do for 2021? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> well, I've narrowed it down to two schools in, in, in the Bisons and, uh, and uh, Calgary, mm-hmm. uh, the Dinos. So, you know, there was a kind of a lull period between uh, when, when COVID hit and, uh, and kind of just recently, like a, a, a couple weeks ago, you know, where I was actually talking to coaches and, and uh, kind of uh, getting to know Coach Dovey and Coach Harris and, and uh, them looking into my transcripts and stuff. So okay. right now, I, I think I'm still on the bubble just because, like, uh, so much stuff got thrown on hold for me over, over the past couple months, and now I'm just kind of in, in a limbo. I feel like I'm kind of restarting, and, and uh, uh, you know, it's a tough decision, too. And uh, when you have as much time as I do, like, I, I kind of got fortunate. It's kind of a blessing in disguise that I have so much time to kind of decide whether or yeah. not you know, I want to, I want to leave and, and maybe try to go out on my own and, and, or, or if I want to stay here and maybe have a cool experience, have, uh, you know, being coached with coached by my, one of my brothers and, and throw into the other one. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, there's, there's a lot of stuff to factor in. And I just think right now it's just, there's so much, since there's so much stuff to factor in and since there's so much to think about, I'm, I'm going to take as much time as I can. So I haven't really made a decision, but, um, uh, I'm I'm sure I uh, in the coming months I'm definitely uh, going to close in on one for sure. No, and I th- I think that's important. Like you spoke to about you know the odd situation of this COVID year and all this time we have to do things right. But but I agree with you that you know take your time with it. You know weigh out the pros and cons. What you know what would be important for you in, in your situation. So uh, I, I like that thought process. How about um, you know you're deciding to go play youth sports? What what's your mindset for that going forward? I think just because of my last year at Rifles and, and kind of how, how well I played and, and you know, the, the kind of attention I got, I'm just, I'm starting to train harder and I, I have a lot more confidence kind of rolling into it, you know. Uh, two years ago or when I was 19, when I thought about kind of leaving and, and going to play at, at a higher level, it, it definitely scared me in a way just because, you know, I'm, I feel little sometimes and, and, you know, that confidence is definitely hard to, to build up, but... Uh, you know, I, I started committing a little bit more to the game and and, and uh, working a lot harder. And, and, you know, I still have a lot of stuff to polish up and, and stuff like that. But uh, in both situations, I'm kind of fortunate that, you know, Calgary has has a guy, you know, that they really like. So I'd be able to sit behind him for a year and, and kind of learn the ropes a little bit. And even mm-hmm. if I went to U of M, as Brennan said, you know, they have a they have a really good quarterback in Des Catelier and... Yeah. and uh, Obviously, I'm going to go and fight for that starting job. But you know, if 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 the coaches like who they who they like, and he's a couple years older than me, and he kind of gets it a little bit more, I'm, you know, I'm really happy to sit behind and 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 learn and and uh, kind of take all this more in stride. And and so throughout, it's just been you know, I've been training a little bit harder. I, I've been gaining my confidence, and and uh, I think I am kind of ready to take that next step. Next step. Yeah, and, and speaking of, you know, the uh, the situation of maybe having to kind of wait in the wings once you get to wherever you decide to go, I think, um, I don't think that's a bad thing. I think, again, like, it's a learning experience. We all know, you know, in every position, but especially the quarterback position, not many guys make it through the course of the entire season not getting hurt, right? So if you're a backup quarterback, the likelihood is you're going to play at some point, Um and, you know, speaking back to our history, that was one thing that you didn't really get at the rifles. You were kind of thrown to the wolves right away. And, uh, you know, looking back on that, I, you know, I've said to you before that I didn't think that was the greatest thing for you. Uh, you know, and I played a part in that decision, which, uh, you know, looking back, I wish we would have done things a little differently. But uh, the opportunity to maybe sit behind somebody that's a veteran that's proven himself that you can learn from, they, just to see how they do, you know, how they how they quarterback the team, I think would be, Super valuable for you. Um, okay, guys, we're getting to the end of the show here. Uh, I want to ask you guys about, you know, your favorite your favorite player of all time. So for Scott and Brennan, I want to ask you about your favorite receiver of all time and why. So, Scott, I'll start with you. Uh, 
I got, I got two different answers for this one. Sure. Because one's in the CFL and one's in the NFL. Okay. I've always been a huge Jason Claremont fan. Okay, nice. Because he was basically me. Yeah. We, we, we played exactly the same. We even kind of looked the same. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so my CFL answer's got to be a Jason Claremont. My NFL answer is hands down Larry Fitzgerald. Okay. The guy is just... He's an absolute all-pro, phenomenal route runner, which I always, always appreciated. Mm. And his concentration on footballs, yes, catching the football, um, but his attention to detail um, and just the little things that he do, you still see it today in little in little pieces of the parts of the game. It's just some of the things that you see that man do on a football field are just, just breathtaking as a receiver, so... He's got to be it for me. For sure, and like the length of his career, tremendous player. How about you, yeah. Brandon? I I don't know. I've never really had like a like a favorite receiver of all time. Mm-hmm. I've definitely liked um, Adam Thielen's definitely been a guy that I've always I've always admired, and, and uh, he's kind of I've always loved the deceptive speed. Like he doesn't really look very fast, but he is. Yeah, and. And uh, he's got great hands, and he and he runs great routes. And he was a great compliment when Diggs was there, and now he's a great compliment when uh, Justin Jefferson's there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I definitely say Adam Thielen. I I love the way he plays, and I love the uh, whenever he, it seems like whenever I watch Sports Center, he's always on there. So he's always <laughs> making big plays. So and is it just me? But like when I think about him, and then I think about you, you guys are kind of similar in how you play. <laughs> yeah, I, I I think all three of us have kind of like picked guys where like we like, and it's like we we kind of similar way of playing. Yeah. Okay, uh, Riley, how about you? Who who is your favorite QB of all time, and why? I'm kind of I'm I'm conflicted on this question a little bit, just because you know I think my favorite of all time is definitely Tom Brady, and that that's before he came to the box sure, and, sure. and you know won won a Super Bowl <laughs> for my team. Uh, but he definitely was just his, like his drive and like how he always has a chip on his shoulder. I always respected that. And, uh, of course my other one has to be Steve Young because he's a lefty and he's a champion. So I I gotta, I gotta give it, I gotta give it to the lefties. The, The lefty quarterbacks definitely don't get enough respect and, uh, enough attention. So I have to say that it's Steve Young is definitely another favorite of mine. No, that's a great answer, and I've always been on record for loving left-handed quarterbacks. So you know. Yeah, no, you haven't. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, that was an awesome time. Uh, we're coming to the end here. You know, I, I want to thank you guys for being on and talking football with me, Scott. It was nice to get to know you, Riley and Brennan. Always nice to reconnect. Hopefully, oh, yeah. uh, hopefully, we'll be able to get out there in the spring and throw the rock around a little bit. Hope to see you guys out in yeah. big air as well. Uh, but again, just thanks for being on. I want to thank the listeners for, uh, supporting the podcast. The community is growing every week. So it's, it's been really awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed your time. Thank you. Thanks for having us. No problem. Thank you guys.